0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. You can take your seat if you like because it's hot. Actually, it might be better standing. You want to stand the whole time? No. Um, Who got less than eight hours? A few people got more than eight hours' sleep. Well done. Who got less than seven? Six. Less than five. Four. Three two, less than one hour. Shane, what are you doing? So, You got zero. Aaron, you got zero? Well done. Yeah. It's amazing you actually survived that worship. It's amazing. <laughs> this, this may, yeah, you'll need the anointing just to do that. You know, I want to read, Emma found this this morning on Facebook. A bit tired, this may wake you up. You know it's hot in Australia when... The car park is determined by shade not distance. Hot water comes out of both taps. You learn that a seat belt buckle makes a good branding iron. The temp drops below 32 degrees and you feel chilly. You learn it only takes two fingers to steer a car. Yes. Or your feet, you can use your feet. Uh, You can sunburn through the windscreen of a car, you develop a fear of door handles, (laughs) you break into a sweat at 7am, yes you do. The biggest bicycle fear is what if I get knocked out and end up cooking on the road. (laughs) You realise asphalt is is a liquid state. Farmers are feeding chickens ice to prevent hard-boiled eggs. I wonder if that'll work, I don't know. The trees are whistling for dogs. Might take a minute, but you'll get that one. Shopping centers, I like this. Shop temples where you worship air conditioning. It's a truth. That's right, Sylvia. <laughs> Sticking your head in freezers is considered normal. I do that. <laughs> Who does that? I wish I could fit in there. It's hard. A cup full of ice, just buy a big one. A cup full of ice is considered a great snack. A blackout is life-threatening because the air con and working. You keep everything in the fridge, including clothing. Has anyone tried that? Put in the freezer might be work better. The effect of toweling yourself off after a shower means you need another shower right away. You worry the ceiling fan is spinning so fast it will fly off and kill you. And you laugh because you know this list is so accurate. It's got nothing to what I want to talk about this morning, but it's all good. But it was, it was a good list, true. Uh, I want to talk this morning and talk a bit about how God, you know, this is the first, this is the first day of the year uh, on the first day of the week, which is fairly unique. On a Sunday, every seven years, falls on a Sunday. And so it's, it's awesome to be able to preach and, and come to church together like this on the first day of the week. So it's a new day. And you know, God, if you read the Bible, God is always doing new, thi- new, thi- new things all the time. There's a, there was an old covenant and a new covenant. There was an old testament and a new testament. In your Bible there's an old and there's a new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. There's old life and we have a new life in Christ. And Doug was and Becky was talking about that. Doug was talking about that. there was the old you and there's a new you in Christ. In Romans 12:2 it says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn uh, to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect." So God wants to transform us into us, and there's an old mindset we can carry which can be like a worldly mindset of things of this world and, and selfishness and passions of this world. But there's a renewed mind that comes through Christ. So God is always looking at the old and the new. He wants to take us out of what is old and into what is new. And as you read the Bible, there's many other examples of old and new. And, D- and Jesus came and shared and spoke on new. He started to share and as he preached, this new teaching. I've never heard this before, and he said, "I've come to fulfil the old covenant." In fact, I've become to. I'll show you the whole picture. I'll show you how it really is. And so, to everyone, though God had no one prophet, no God, God hadn't spoken for four hundred years, and suddenly Jesus arrives. John the Baptist starts to share, and then Jesus arrives, and then suddenly they starts talking about the kingdom of God and all these incredible things. And to all these people, it was new. It's like, what's this? I never heard this before. Don't even never. What is this teaching? What is so God is always into new things. Today, whether you realize it or not, today is a brand new day. It's a new creation. And there has never been a day in history since God created the heavens and the earth the same as today. No day has had that same temperature, same cloud formation. Same wind, things going on. There's not been a single day that has, but God doesn't go, oh, we'll just put it on rotate every 150 years or 50 years worth of days and we'll just put on rotate there and just file through because they won't know. They'll have, it's the next generation. No, there's never been a day the same as today. Do you ever stop and think about that? There's, we went camping through the week to... Um, Kongol Creek, and you want to start throwing some of those photos up. And I took a few photos of where, and uh, and every day is just a brand new day. And we there's a couple of nights where we the moon is a new moon, so there's no moon in the sky at night, and you're away from the lights of Harvey Bay. There's a faint glow in the distance, and you look at the stars. And the stars we see above Harvey Bay at night, we see some stars, but we hardly see any of them. They're what they're actually what that are there, you know. And so when we are over there, we sort of stopped and went. Look how many stars there are. There was just thousands upon, in the Milky Way was just lit up, and it was just incredible. And you didn't realize there's just, there's so many thousands of stars. we don't see when we're out because of the lights and all that kind of stuff, and God put them all there in their place. Every day is a brand new creation. You'll never live today again. You'll never live it again. You 'll never have this service again you 'll never have again and so I want to challenge you this morning with a message entitled of making it count because I want to know do you make every day count? do you make every hour count every minute count every week count do you make every year count? Are you going to make two thousand and seventeen count for something or are we just going to flow on like maybe it 's been and go through the motions or are you actually going to make it count for something and do something different and be something different to to change from you know because God wants to do something new he doesn't want you to stay the same he doesn't want you to be the same as you were in 2000 he has a whole lot of things that are brand new for you and but you have to go yes I want to step into that or no I just want to sit so I want to know do you want to make it count are you conscious are you conscious of that do you walk around thinking am i wasting today doing something that is not just for myself but is going to influence others around me as well when you i've seen the you can watch look up videos and things but you talk to many uh older people and they might be you know they're elderly or some are on the deathbed some have you know lived a full life and you, and they talk to them and so they did so they did some great things and had family around them all that but when you ask them you know, is there anything you do different? They go, I would have taken more risk. I would have, I wanted to, I wanted to step out on that idea. I, I could have done more. And they've got, and there's, they've got some, I'm stepped out and done that. They maybe had an idea or they had something they wanted to do and, and they thought, and they held back a little bit, but they looked back and thought, gee, I should have done that. Gee, I should have done that. And so we are in a position now, and you could be a, you could be a child, you could be a teenager, a young adult, an adult, you could be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and you're still living life. There's still some things that are going around your mind as I talked this morning, and you could be thinking, there's some things I haven't done yet. There's some, there's some things when I was young that God put on my heart. There's some things that, that, I, that are in down deep that I haven't stepped out and done. There's some dreams that I've had. There's some visions God's shown me and I haven't seen it come to pass. Are you going to sit back and just go through the motions or do you want to step into everything God has for you? Are you a person who makes New Year's resolutions? Some people do. So you might make some goals for 2017. Are you a person that does that or are you a person that kind of just, oh, we'll just see what happens? Did you make any last year? Did you have, do you have some dreams for this year? Or do you, or the ones from last year you kind of, maybe you didn't get any of them done and you can just kind of pull out the same list, and recycle the list and go, I'll just pull out last year's into 2017. Or maybe you've got a few done, but you sort of think, you look back and thought, I wanted to get that done. I wanted to get this done. They can be really practical things. They can be things that God wants you to do. They can be a whole lot of things. And you can say, I got that done, but I didn't, I should have, I really wanted to do that. I didn't get it done. And so maybe you need to grab that and say, I'm, this year is the year that's going to happen. And challenge you don't just live life and don't just sort of go through the motions and go through, like, oh, we'll just see what happens and, and, and just leave it or whatever or leave it up to whatever happens, whatever happens, why not make some deliberate choices and you need to do some deliberate things to walk into those dreams and walk into those goals. They just won't happen. God will help you and he wants you to step into new things, but you have to make some deliberate steps to do it. I want to show you a, uh, it's a skit guys video. They're usually a funny video. This one is uh, a little bit different. It's interviewing them and uh, and pull out their diaries from when they were teenagers or a year ago or two years ago, and they sit there and start to look at some of their resolutions or goals they've had. And I want you to watch this. If we can play that, Joe, and uh, and just have a look at this for a moment. Wow, where did you get this? <laughs> That's not that uh, wow. Which one of you guys did this? This was my journal in high school. <laughs> Seriously. Have y'all been reading this? This is my childhood diary. My New Year's resolutions from last year. It's my uh my resolution list from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I was a weird kid. (laughs) Figure out what global warming is and do something about it. (laughs) Break the world record in juggling. (laughs) Start flossing. Keep an eye on my thinning hair. (laughs) Wow. On the list. Survive Y2K. Um. Invite Gary to church. No, didn't happen. It's a little hard to invite a guy he had to fire stock up on water and tons of twinkies boy the struggle was real teach Susie to sit and stay and roll over Susie's my little sister get a George Clooney haircut to impress the ladies <laughs> <laughs> Been to watch Lost. Did it. Found out who was in the hatch. Bit of a letdown. Love my mom more. Be kind to her and stop rolling my eyes. She was the first helicopter mom, probably in the in the 80s. Move out of my parents' house. I'm gonna move it to this year's list. Work out. Get less pudgy. That's a big fat no. Bun. Pun intended. Hey mom, Hi, son. I, like, I got you on speakerphone. So. Oh my gosh. Hey, so, Martha, your cousin, hey. well, is gonna come here hey. for, uh, to Oklahoma for Ma- oh, I'm so glad. Be as awesome a mommy oh, as my mommy was to me. If only I would know how difficult that would be. She pretty much raised us by herself, so I don't think I, I can be near as good as she was. He promised to grandma to watch Matlock each week, then call her to discuss it. She loved that show. I didn't, I didn't see one episode. I missed every episode. Miss her. Invite Steve to church with me. Uh, That night he said he wanted nothing to do with God. Three years later, I get this call. It's like midnight, One calls me and says, Ed, 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 you're never gonna believe this. But I accepted Christ. It's pretty cool. Tell Dahlia how much I really love her. Be a better dad. Quit yelling. I'm still working on that one. Read the Bible more. I think I read the Bible more. Start taking my faith seriously. I have done this. It's scary, but I'm. yeah. I'm doing this one. Get to know God better. I know one thing, He loves me. Jesus loves me. I'm living proof. Surrender my life to God fully. Spend more time with God. That's been on my resolution list for as long as I can remember. I've, I've been a believer for 40 years, and I always want to spend more time with him. It's one of the most important things, and it's always one of the hardest things to just get done, you know? Oh, love Jesus more. Te amo, Jesus. makes you think about you know all of us can have dreams and goals and resolutions and as you watch that it probably brought to memory some goals you had maybe in high school or when you were a younger adult or for a few years ago or 10 years ago maybe you've done them maybe you haven't but I think let's not leave our goals and and things not just sitting there in one place and never fulfilling them let's act upon what we believe God has put in our heart to do we can live with two mindsets you know then one mindset could be what would have happened if I had done this what would have can live kind of with regret or in the past or we can live with a mindset what would happen if I do this what wouldn't, it's two different mindsets. What would have happened if I'd have done this? Somebody's living like, oh man, I missed it, I should have done this. Or we can think, no, the past is the past. What would happen if I do start doing this tomorrow? If I do this this year? I had a friend in high school, and, uh, and I think he was in year 9 or 10, I think year 10. Uh, and he got, he got fed up, this is Harvey Bay High School, he got fed up with um, people swearing around him. And his friends mainly and, and you know, they, people you know, people swearing all the time and, and stuff like that. And, but he's got a bit fed up with it. So he decided to do something about it. So for a year, so at the start of one year, he brought to school a swear jar. And at lunchtime, when he sat with his friends, he had about 10 or 12 people would sit with him and others would come and go. He'd whack the, squ- and say, if you swear, you need to put, you know, a coin of some kind in this jar. And at the end of the year, I'm going to to a charity or whatever he was going to do. And he, and, he, and he did it. He just went out and did it. And they, and they swore and went, oh, and they started putting money in it. And do you know what? And I was around. I wasn't sitting right with them. I was at one year ahead. And, and, uh, but I'd go and watch and just walk up and say, how's the swear jar going? And, um, and going, it's really good. He goes, and then uh, it was amazing. After a few months, I swear less. Yeah. And because they, suddenly there's some consequences... <laughs> For their actions and, uh, and sins a bit like that when you realize there's consequences for what you do and what you say suddenly there's a, there's a there's a something inside he goes no I've got to, I can't do that I can't do that and so they were checking themselves and they would go to oh no I don't swear and they would nearly do it and stop doing it and it's amazing by the end of the year how much less all around him had stopped swearing by simply you know, he believes it's just God just put on his heart to do it. One simple thing, he didn't have to say anything. He just put the jar there at lunchtime and have influence on people. What ideas, what things has God given you to do? Simple things like that to influence. Maybe that's something you could do in your workplace. And you think, oh, I could never do that at work. Why couldn't you do that at work? Why couldn't you do that with work? I'd get the wrong idea. People might say, well, they may. But do you want to have influence? Do you want to do something great? Do you want to change? Do you want to transform people? Then ask God, what's a way I can do that in my life, in my environment, the place I work? You'd be surprised at what you think you know, may not work, will work, if it's, a God's, if it's God's idea and God is with it. I don't believe God wants you to, to live with, I wonder what would have happened if something. He wants you to live with what would happen if I do this. I've got a bit of a list here I've made. I wonder what would happen upon that business idea or that idea and gave it to my boss or went out and, had, and started a business or and that invention or something like that. I wonder what would happen if I acted upon that. I wonder what would happen if I stick to the fitness routine I started. I wonder what would happen if I stick to this eating plan that I want to start happen if I start this course, if I started Bible college, if I did that extra study that I've been thinking about doing. I wonder what would happen if I did that. I wonder what would happen if I got eight hours sleep a night, Aaron. I wonder what would happen if I stopped drinking coffee. I wonder what would happen if I started drinking coffee. Productivity. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if our family together. I wonder what would happen if I forgave that person for what they did to me. I wonder what would happen if I kept my promises. I wonder what would happen if I talked to that neighbor about Jesus. I wonder what would happen if I made time every day to pray and to read read God's word. How different would I be at the end of 2017 if I did that every day? You'll be different to what you are now. I wonder what would happen if I lived my life according to the Word of God. How would that change me and how many people would be transformed through my life? If I lived according to what God says in His Word. If I simply lived the way Jesus lived and did what He said to do. Don't live with, I wonder if. Don't get to the end of this wonder if I'd have done that, I wonder if I'd have done that, I wonder if I'd have been different, why don't you just do it? Live with regret, thinking, oh, you know, I've, I should have done that, I was planning on doing that and I have missed it. It's no point in living in the past or living stuck in regret. You've got to, if you've missed it, then let it go and say, I wonder what would happen if I now do this and let go of what's happened. God wants you to step out into new things in 2000. He doesn't want you to stay the same. Why don't you take a risk on something new? Why don't you take a risk with God? Taking a risk with God is simply called faith in God. When you step out in faith, it's like you're stepping out and you're taking a risk with God. But he's God when you take, it's like like a risk but it's a safe risk when you know God's calling you saying, come on. This is my idea. This is my way. Step out. Yeah, maybe a bit uncomfortable. Maybe hard. Maybe it's something you're not used to. But that's about stepping out into something new. That's what it's meant to be like. We don't grow to stay comfortable and stay the same. We only grow if we step out into something new. If we step out into something that's not comfortable, you won't grow if you stay comfortable. You'll get like a creek that doesn't stop flowing, gets stagnant and goes smelly and stinky. That's what happens if you stay comfortable. It's exactly what happens. You know, we can be in church and do religious things and sort of sit there comfortably, not realising it. We don't want to be like that, but not realising We get comfortable and we don't realise we are. And we need to say, I need to step out and do something. I, never, I, need, I need to talk to my neighbour. I need to go out and step talk out to someone about Jesus. I, I need to do something. I, God, what do I need to do? What do you want me to do? And, and he'll always call you into new things. And we get a bit like afraid or a bit scared, like, oh, but that's yep, he says, but you try it. He was challenging the disciples all the time with new things. You know, it has amazing gifts and abilities in every single person sitting in this building right now. All there's gifts and abilities in your life, some of them you're using, some of them you haven't used yet, but they're all there inside of you. They're all there because God has put them there, and they get activated through faith. Activated by stepping out when God says, come on, i have put this inside of you, step out and do it. They get activated by faith. The abilities and gifts are there, and I challenge you to step out into something new this year. I want to read you a couple of examples, a couple of stories where the disciples were challenged with new things by Jesus. One of them was feeding the 5,000. They're out, they're ministering all day. Jesus praying for hundreds of people. People are being healed, set free, all this stuff. And the people didn't want to go home. They didn't eat all day. And it gets late in the afternoon. And Jesus says in uh, Mark 6, it's on the uh, screen there, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, they said to Jesus. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can get up, to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, this is the challenge, you feed them. Now, there's 5,000 men there, plus so there's at least 10,000 people. And he said, feed them, and they had nothing. But to Jesus, it wasn't an impossible. And so they said, with what, they asked? We have, have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked, go and find out. And they came back with five loaves, two fish. And and, and a lot of us know the story where he said, give it to me. And as a boy's lunch, he willingly gave it up. And he, Jesus prayed, broke them, got and said to the disciples, You seed him in groups of 50. And as they went out and distributed, they just kept multiplying and multiplying. And all those people were fed. But the challenge was, Jesus said, You feed them. In other words, in their, he was challenging their mindset to say, What you think is impossible is possible what you think is impossible is possible and there's some things in your life that you're thinking are impossible and jesus is saying they are in me but you just don't see it yet and he said, if you will step out in faith, trust me, those impossible things will become possible. And they saw a miracle happen in front. Of them. So once they'd seen it, once they saw Jesus do it, then they had no excuse because they knew now that impossible was possible. Again, we go down to the next one about Peter. They're in a boat in a storm in Matthew 14 24 to 33. Meanwhile, the trouble, Jesus wasn't with them. Their trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen. They are in a boat out on a lake. Out on they were fighting heavy waves. About three in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. They thought, who is that's a ghost. And they were petrified. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. And Peter calls to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God. Do you know what I like about Peter? That he saw what he was doing and then this crazy thought come into his mind in the natural, I reckon I could do that. I reckon, if that's Jesus, I reckon I could walk on water to him. He just had this crazy thought. And, so, and, the, and the other thing about it is Jesus said, yes, come, and Jesus, probably well, did know that he's probably going to go okay, but he's probably going to fail, and he still called him to come, knowing that he was going to fail. And it is better to step out in faith and fail than to not step out in faith at all. It is better to step out and fail once, twice, three times before finally you succeed than to sit back And go, I'm not going to try it because I'm too scared. Or I'm not going to try it because I don't possible. No, that was an impossible thing Peter did in the natural. But with Jesus there in the supernatural, he walked just like Jesus did. And Jesus called him knowing that he would fail. And he still let him fail because through the failure, actually Peter grew. And he did something because for a moment, he's walking on water. And it's only when he took his eyes off Jesus that he sank. If you keep your eyes off Jesus, on Jesus and step out in faith and keep your eyes focused on him, possible things will become possible and you will succeed in them. Another story is, two, two last examples is when Jesus sent out the 12 disciples. In Matthew 10, 1, 5, 1, 10, 1, 5 to 8, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions: do don't go to the gentiles but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. And so just look at that list. He just gets them together. and says, I'm, I'm not going with you. I'm sending you. And he says, heal the sick. This is what Jesus was doing. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy, our demons. In the natural, they go, well, that's impossible. But in the supernatural, with God's power, in the name of Jesus, all of those things are possible. And that same mandate has been given to every single person sitting in this place today. And we could go on and turn out a challenge, when, you know, when have you done that or whatever? When have we done that? But that's the call that that's what Jesus, this is possible for you to heal the sick, lay hands on the sick in the name of to raise the dead, cure those of leprosy and cast out demons. We've seen many miracles happen in this church, but there's many that God wants to do when the body of, is activated. It's not about someone on a platform praying or a pastor praying, it's all of us can do this. And so he threw out the challenge, and they're like, okay, and they went out and did it. then, Jesus goes and picks, if you go to Luke 10, verse 1, 16 to 20, he picks 72. They weren't the apostles. They weren't the 12 closest. They were, there was hundreds of disciples following Jesus. He picks 72. He says, He says, go out and do this. And he says, Lord, looked now. Chose seventy-two and disciples. Sent them and head in pairs to all the towns, places he planned to visit. Then he said to the disciples, "Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me, and anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me." When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. They, these people weren't had no special talents or gifts. They weren't the ones who were closest to Jesus. They just acted upon what Jesus said to do. They reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions, that's talking about demonic powers, and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. The worship team, all three of you can come on up. And so, you see what happened there for a moment. They're rejoicing, going, this is awesome, we, in your name. And they would have healed, people would have been healed and, and demons were cast out of people and was actually scared of them when they used the name of Jesus about that. And then Jesus flips it all around. He said, that's great, but don't rejoice because evil spirits. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. He brought it back. This is, he said, this is the most important thing. Romans 5.18 says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and for everyone. Romans 5.11 says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. The greatest gift that any of us can receive is a gift of salvation and relationship with God. Let me ask you a question Are you enjoying your salvation? Are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying being knowing God, knowing you have eternal life? Have you shared that with anybody? When's the last time you shared that gift with somebody? You're enjoying it, they're not. Can I throw out this challenge that as you make New Year's goals and resolutions this year, that one of your goals would be that I'm going to share this gift. I'm going to share the greatest gift of salvation, dear. Because our goals shouldn't just be about ourselves. If they're all about us, then we become selfish and so will lead to sin. And ultimately you'll get all focused on yourself and walk away from God. But when our goals are about us, but others as well, including others in our world, things that will influence others and and bring others to Christ, then it it pleases God's heart and that's the kind of of life God wants us to live. This year, this year, make it one of your goals to share the greatest gift of salvation, a relationship with people around you. To step out and get over your fear and get over what they may think and get over what may happen to me or what they may think of me. It's not about you. It's about them. It's not about you. You have eternity. You have eternal life. You have relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter. You you know where you're going. Don't. It's about them. It's about them. Second Corinthians 5, 19. I'm going to read one, one thing and we're going to close this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says this, He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. We know ourselves, but we live for Christ. And that includes other people around us. I want to read one last prayer to you today to finish with this. It's a prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And I want you to listen to these words. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love, that where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony; where there is error, I may bring truth, that where there is doubt, I may bring faith, that where there is despair, I hope, that where there are shadows, I may bring light, and where there is sadness, I may bring joy, Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds, it is by forgiving that one is, by dying to self that one awakens to eternal life. challenge you this year that God wants to do new things in your life, don't, Sit back and let 2017 be the same as 2016. Don't be idle and say, well, I'll just see what happens. Do something great this year. Take, take your dreams and your visions. Look back and, and stop and think about, oh, there's been a dream or a vision that's been in the past that hasn't been fulfilled. And you saying, God, God, awaken that dream again. and That vision again. Remind me what you want to do again. And if maybe you've got some dreams in your business or, you know, real practical things, your family, spend time with your family, do whatever you need to do, but make a list and step out and do it. And maybe, and it will be, it will be difficult at times to step out in faith because you're stepping out unknown, but that's okay because you are growing at one step of more than you have in all of last year. Can I encourage you to make a decision to spend time with him and maybe uh, maybe you find that difficult maybe you start maybe it might be two or three times a week or every second or third day and maybe you work your way to a day. but the more you spend time in his presence and read his word and pray you will be changed it may not feel like it in that moment, but it's the Word of God changes you. It challenges, you. It changes your day. It changes the outcome of your day. It changes situations. It changes the conversations you'll have. It changes you. It renews your mind. It gets you focused. You're much more productive. You're much more at peace. I challenge you. Don't let two thousand and seventeen just be another year. Make two thousand and seventeen count count. Make it count in your life. Make it count in the kingdom of God. Why don't you stand? I want to ask one last question. That I talked about the greatest gift being eternal life. And uh, maybe you're here today and you could be visiting. You're here for the first time. Maybe you've come with family or friends. Maybe you've come to Bayside for a while now. It doesn't doesn't matter how long you've been, but I want to ask you a very important question. That is, do you know Jesus Jesus as your personal Saviour, as your personal Lord and Saviour? Just close your eyes, blocks out distractions for a couple of moments. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't know Him, I feel away from God, I feel away from Jesus, I've never surrendered my life to Him, or maybe you've done it a while ago, but... Throughout 2016, it's kind of just kind of drifted along and did your own thing. But today, God is calling you back and saying, come to me. I love wide open. Jesus is looking at you saying, come to me. It's the greatest gift of salvation. For your sins, are, where He washes you clean and makes you brand new. And today, you can receive that gift. And if you're here today saying, that's me, I need to do that this morning in this place. On the first day of 2017, I want you to raise your hand. So that's me. I need to do that today. Thank you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.